Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Next Moment Up podcast. It is just G and I today. We're back, the dynamic duo. Woo! Um, I feel like we haven't had like an episode of just us shooting the shit in a little bit. So I know, it's been a while. I'm excited for this. There's a ton <laughs> going on in all four major sports. Yeah. Um, even though there are no NFL games right now, they're always relevant. I know. It seems like there's always something going on, some sort of drama. Keep always. the offseason lively. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we need to unpack that. Um, there's a few headlines that mm. are kind of ruling this time between free agency and the draft. And I right. really want to get into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Lamar Jackson saga. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and a little bit of background there. So Lamar attempted to go through negotiations with the Ravens he wanted a long-term guaranteed deal um Mm -hmm. and they couldn't get any movement there so they decided to tag him but other teams have the option to go after him and offer him but everyone has decided not to um and it's become like a very interesting story there um so right now he is still tied to the Ravens but Mm -hmm. anyone could come in theoretically still right um in my opinion I think while he, why he's having – I think there's a couple of reasons he's having some trouble, like, getting mm-hmm. what he wants. What's he that? wants He wants fully guaranteed money, which right. is crazy. Yeah. But he's saying, well, Deshaun Watson got fully guaranteed money from the Browns, so mm-hmm. why can't I get it? But the problem is the Browns were desperate and I think made a bad decision by fully guaranteeing that money. So right. But it set a precedent for the league. Oh, yeah. No, it, it definitely did. And I think that Lamar is blatantly calling that out in his negotiations. And as you said, the Browns did. They made a poor financial 100%. with that guarantee yes. contract. But as you're saying, they are desperate. And, right. And, you know, for a player like a Deshaun Watson with everything that was going on with him, not mm-hmm. to get into that, but then, like, mm-hmm. him not playing a season, I would think that, you know, from Lamar's point of view, he has, he has a good case there. He has a good case right. for at least getting some guaranteed money. Maybe not as much as Deshaun, but a good right. contract. I think the issue is that he wants it all guaranteed, and that's right. where this standstill mm-hmm. is coming from. Um, and for for some more information on that, when it's fully guaranteed money, that money has to be taken out. That goes into escrow. Like, mm-hmm. that money is um, on the books. That's done. Like, that money is being spent. There's no room to move it around not really any room there so that's why it's such a big deal and a lot of other teams hearing this saying oh he wants guaranteed money are hesitant and that's why he's not getting bites from other teams because one he's coming off an injury two it's that fully guaranteed money and people don't want to mess with that right and we haven't heard anything about him having any wiggle room on whether he would take, you know, maybe 75% guarantee, just throwing right. out some numbers here. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think part of that does come from the fact that he is choosing to not go with use an agent. Right. Um, and I, I'm not saying that NFL players, I'm not saying that he isn't capable. I'm not saying he's not smart enough. I'm not saying he's not understanding enough of what's going on to be able to advocate for himself. Mm-hmm. However, when you're dealing with leaving so much money on the table – you should be advised by someone who knows what they're doing. I definitely agree. And yes. who's a, who is, makes a living doing that. And if you can find someone you trust, and there are plenty of agents mm-hmm. that are trustworthy to do that, that have done very well by their players, 
That right. is something that you need to look into, especially if you're looking for these huge, huge deals. I don't think it's a problem when, you know, let's say a Jacoby Brissett, he's his mm-hmm. own agent. Yeah, but Jacoby Brissett is negotiating two-year, $15 million deals. Exactly, Easy. yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. right. It's a lot easier than negotiating for 200 million deals when you want it all guaranteed. Right, right. It's it, it's also like, you know, I remember hearing about when the conversations were first going on, it's very difficult for like an ownership group to have these hard conversations mm-hmm. with a player. Yes. And the, the conversations they could have with an agent, like bringing up the injury concerns to mm-hmm. the agent, the agent can have those tough conversations without... I'll just say it, souring a relationship. It becomes a lot more personal. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, with the OBJ uh, sign that just happened with 15 million for one year guaranteed, how do you think that's going to, that could impact uh, Lamar returning to the Ravens? Sure. First of all, I just want to say, wow, 15 million guaranteed for a year. <laughs> I can't believe Odell got that. <laughs> okay. Oh, he wants to play. <laughs> I was just thinking, I guess all the money that the Ravens saved on not signing Lamar to a long-term deal, they could get some of that money. To OBJ. I, I wonder if Lamar is giving like a slight side eye to the organization though. Right. Like, like between you between you and me and our guests, invite <laughs> invite you all of you into, you know, on my couch right here. I wonder <laughs> if Lamar is giving OBJ a side eye. But anyway, go on. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing. They have never really given Lamar like a guy at receiver. Right. Um Bateman that they drafted a couple years ago, he's ha- he should be that guy. He's had some injury issues that has prevented him from being that guy. Right. Um, he had Hollywood Brown at one point, but yeah. he was still a smaller guy, just could stretch the field, but not like your big outside dude. Um, the thing is, like, Odell, obviously, like, we've all seen him play. We've seen the things he can do. We don't know if he's still that guy. But right. I, think, I mean, obviously, with the $15 million spend, they're hoping he's that guy. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, Lamar, we're giving you this this number one guy that you haven't had before. However, mm-hmm. I think Lamar is like, this is sick. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Odell. You know, they right. do the FaceTime together and yeah. whatever. But Lamar has already showed us that he is in it for the money, not for the team, not for who you get for him. Yeah, that's a so, good call out. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really going to change how he feels because he's still in it for Lamar is in it for Lamar point blank. And you know what? At the end of the day is that you have to look out for yourself and in a, in a league where it's business, you know, we see it all the time where it's a business relationship, but I, but I think you're right. Um, I wonder though, if they've been having any conversations since the signing, if it helps, you know, give Lamar a little bit of a reassurance that, Hey, if you, if you choose to play this season, um, we can have a great partnership. However, it's like what you're saying, is Odell that same player? But right. but in terms of injuries, I was I was reading that, you know, his reconstructed knee is almost it's almost back to where yeah. it was like he only tore tore it one time. Mm. Okay. Which I don't know yeah. how I don't know how that translates to on the field, um, another injury, but I right. think that, I think that's good for Odell. I think it's good. It is. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Every player is different. And yes. as Odell, he's such a dynamic route runner where you really need to be able to plant and make those Ex- moves. Yes. So yes. We, it's only – we will have to see. I mean, yeah. I think we can speculate as much as we want. Yeah. But we'll see when he gets on the field and starts running those routes. Mm-hmm. It's, 
that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. If Lamar, if Lamar uh, does choose to play this year, I can't wait to see the videos that we're going to see coming out of like preseason. Yeah. Camp, yeah. You know, I mean, it could be a big duo. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on by talking about a subject that G really feels strongly about. And that's uh. just, just Aaron Rodgers overall and the way he chooses to uh, – to present himself. Conduct his life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and and bringing that into the sad life of Jets fans. Um, yeah. They're like, you know, so, okay. For any of you in the New York area, the New York area, it sometimes is referred to as like pro sports, like purgatory. Like those who grew mm-hmm. up being Knicks fans, it's been painful. Um, just, so Jets fans, I have a very candid question for you guys. How do you feel about getting strung along? By Aaron Such a good Rogers. question for the for the Jets fans out there. Yeah. Fortunately, we're not we're not, so we don't. Feel, <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if I wonder how Greeny is feeling. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I have to say, and to give a little background on the yeah. situation, um, Aaron Rodgers went into a dark room for a few days and came out deciding literally, that literally. he wanted to be a Jet. And the Packers are also saying, we're ready to move on. We're ready to bring in Jordan Love and see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And the Jets were like, fantastic. We have a very good team. We just need a quarterback because we don't like Zach Wilson. And this Fair. is great. Okay, good. It's all in well. Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show, says, I intend to sign with the Jets. Well, mm-hmm. I intend to make $5 million. Is that really <laughs> going to happen? No, no pen to paper. So... <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> is it well? So is it the fact that he had said that like he was thinking about retirement? Could that be throwing a wrench here with actually I don't getting think the deal done? What's the problem right now is the deal terms between the Packers and the Jets. Right, right, right. Because the money is there. The money, the Jets are totally on board with paying the money. Mm-hmm. It's what the Packers are willing to take to release, if you will. Rodgers to the Jets. They're looking and for that, picks too. They're right? looking for picks and yeah. high picks. High picks. And yeah. the problem is the Jets originally thought that they had the upper hand here, I believe. But mm-hmm. now the Packers have the upper hand. And there's been this back and forth. And that is the issue what's happening. What mm-hmm. I think is going to happen, because people love to stir up stuff on draft night. I think a trade is going to happen on draft night. Okay. I can see that. I was just going to ask you if you think something's going to happen before the draft, but I draft think night it will seems... happen on draft night. Yeah. People love to do that. <sighs> More reason for people to tune in to see what happens. Yeah, really. Um, so that's my, my thinking there. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's causing the standstill at the moment between the two teams. Yeah. Isn't there, um, wasn't there something that was t- being talked about where if like, if the, uh, if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers like in June, they can save money. On their cap space, you may yeah, double check that. It has to do with the timing of like when the like the league year, right? Right. And right. when the timing of the league year, when in the timing of the league year, that mm-hmm. allows you to have like certain uh, cost cuts, I guess. Gotcha. Or, yeah. yeah we'll, have, we'll have to see what happens as we get closer to the draft. There's gonna yeah. be a lot of conversations happening. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at in a way of like how Tampa brought Tom in. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like a similar team, you know, really good young defense. They have a lot of good weapons. Um, you know, the Jets even brought in Alan Lazard mm-hmm. to like appease um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's becoming the, the New York Packers. Right. The difference is 
with Tom and Aaron, um, Aaron Rodgers to me is the better quarterback in terms of quarterback characteristics, what he does on mm-hmm. the field, the throws he can make, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the better quarterback off the field. He's the better team leader. He's the better yeah. culture setter. Mm-hmm. So to be able to be try to replicate that, I don't think is possible because Tom came in and changed the culture. And right. I was there and I saw that culture shift. He came in and he came in with his work ethic, his right. leadership, mm-hmm. um, his experience, yeah, and really point, yeah. changed what was going on from the locker room outward. Right. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has that type of work ethic personality to be setting a culture no, that, like right. Brady had. And I think that's the difference. You're I right. always say if Aaron Rodgers had the work ethic, the drive, all the things that the intangibles that Brady has, he would have four Super Bowls. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And like you also see, like, like looking, say you're looking at from a player on the outside that's trying to decide where they want to join Aaron mm. Rodgers on his new team. Sure. You look, you look at how Tom was in New England taking pay cuts to constantly mm-hmm. build the team around him, and then yeah. you look at Aaron Rodgers basically being like, "I want all my money. I don't care." That's you huge. To, yeah, I don't he care lost if you have his number anybody. one. He lost exactly, the exactly. Yeah. So if I'm a player on the outside. That can all that also goes into how like that um what you were describing like the quarterback characteristics off right. the field like he's not willing to take he's not willing to take care of his teammates. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. Tom Brady I think is one of the ultimate team players, and mm-hmm. I remember when when we had our ring ceremony, he had a speech. He made a speech, I should say, um, and he took like almost no credit for it oh wow he Very was humble. just completely saying this is a team effort this is because of my team is because of everyone here um which i don't i don't know if i see that from rogers as much right we'll have to see how how it plays out getting towards the draft but yeah i want to talk about our the other new york team mm. <laughs> i know it, it's a little bit of a sore subject um but I wanted to ask you your thoughts and for you to give a little bit of background on what's going on with Saquon Barkley and yeah. what's going on with the running back market and go into more detail about that. Sure. So the other day um, a report <laughs> came out and we thought we were all good that Saquon didn't want to sign his franchise tag. For Giants fans. <laughs> we, the funny thing is I was really like, oh, Saquon, stop being annoying. Um, because I – Okay, so we offered him a contract deal that he said no to, so we decided to tag him. Mm-hmm. And I understand what he's saying. He's obviously a very valuable player. We would not have had the season we had without him last year. Mm-hmm. Right, that's all good and well. So I understand him advocating for himself for more money, right. However, Saquon and who's ever advising you, I need you to look at the running back market. The running back market is dictating, is always dictates slightly lower numbers in other positions because running backs don't have a long right. career. They yeah. don't have, they, they're workhorses, they don't have a long career, so you can't sink a lot of money into them. We already sunk a lot into you by drafting you very high, which is another right. thing that you really shouldn't do with backs. Right, yeah. And point. the thing is, and if you look at his, Yards breakdown last year through week nine, 
he had over 900 yards. Mm-hmm. The next eight weeks of the season, he had just over 300 because mm-hmm. he was worn down. Yeah. So yeah. you're essentially, I'm paying you for what you're going to do for me the first nine, 10 weeks of the season to get me where I need to be. And then I need to limit your carries. Yeah. And that's not good for the team either right. because they've been succeeding with him all season. Right. So <laughs> running backs are always not going to pay top dollar. And that is mm-hmm. just the way it is. And when you do, it seems to be a mistake. Jerry Jones did it with Zeke. Yeah. Mistake. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is too, if I don't want to pay you, I can build up a good line and get a guy who's not as good as you, mm-hmm. but I can make it work. And, and who's going to be consistent. Right. Through, through the whole season. Right. Do you do you see the Giants using Saquon next year if he does choose to come back and sign uh, the, the tag? Do you see them using him the same way they were using him this past season? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. he's our number one back. He's super talented. He can catch passes. He's gotten a lot better in pass protection. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a big, big, big part of our offense. And mm-hmm. I don't want to lose him. And the other thing no. is, too, like he's a good locker room guy. He loves New York. He loves being on this team. The guys respect him. The thing is, if we let, it's a hard, it's a very hard place to be because you know what you should be paying and sh- or shouldn't be paying for a running back as an organization. But the other thing is, if you lose a player that's so integral to the face of what your franchise is, mm-hmm. that is a big problem yeah. for the rest of the team and what you're showing to the rest of the players in that organization. Right. And is it is it also a negative reflection on like the general manager and how they manage their players? The thing is if it comes down to money, mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Like it's okay. a very tough place for a GM to be. Mm-hmm. And if he knows like I'm overspending, this is going to be a, you know, right. I can't be spending this kind of money just because, you know, all these other things. I right. get it, you know, I understand that. And that's why you let players walk. You don't really want to let walk if it becomes, yes, there are situations where I'm like, well, it was only a million bucks. Why couldn't you pay the extra million? Right, right, right. But if it's really that significant, Mm -hmm. I could understand it. Mm -hmm. Do you expect to see a trade or an agreement or some sort of movement before draft day? I know we've been talking a lot about draft day coming up. Do you see anything happening by then? I would hope they're going to try to get this worked out as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, if it doesn't get worked out, I wouldn't take a running back high regardless. Like I did yeah. see a report about taking Bijan Robinson and I was like, that's a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, like absolutely not. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> please no. <laughs> Carly's so, going to write a letter and show I guess, up. Please don't do that. Um, so, I, I would hope something gets worked out. I know he wants to stay in New York, um, but he also needs to continue to be realistic about what running backs should actually make. Right. Well, thank you for giving us that low, that, that rundown yeah. on the running back market. The rundown on the running back market <laughs> was not intended for the group. Um <laughs> Um, moving on, though, to other areas of the NFL, there's a lot of movement, including Devin White requesting a trade. Yeah. Um, so, go yeah, ahead. No. Um, <laughs> this came out. Listen, I'm not shocked about this. A lot of players start to do this when they realize that they are on a team that might not be as successful as they hope it to be. 
Um, obviously, Devin experienced success early in his career, and now he's realizing that the team might not be at that caliber at this point, right. and he does not want to stick it out until they're going no. to be championship caliber again. It's a so rebuilding he's, period. He's requesting a trade because he thinks that he is a very good player, which he is a good player, mm-hmm. um, and he wants to be somewhere where he can win, and this is the thing. There's no loyalty in leagues anymore. There's no, no. loyalty whatsoever. There's no loyalty on both sides. Um, mm-hmm. and Devin said, yeah, I know you're the team that drafted me, but, um, and mm-hmm. I, I, we won a championship together, but I want to go win another one. It's not going to be here right now. So right. I'd like a trade. Um, I do think that it's not surprising to me that he's not, that he's the type of player to kind of like mm-hmm. want that for himself, um, and not stick it out. Like you look at Levante David who uh-huh. played, you know, next to Devin, you know, Devin's entire career so far. Right. Levante has been kind of this, like, older brother, teacher figure to him, and they've Mm -hmm. been this excellent duo in the NFL. Um, And Levante has been a buck his whole career, and he just re-signed a contract to stay with them. Right. Um, And the character differences there are pretty clear, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's also this newer generation of player, where, like, Levante is kind of the generation before Um, where like maybe they are a little more loyal but um Mm -hmm. you know Devin could add a lot to an organization I think he does need to work on his coverage game um he's definitely excellent against the run um but there's some improvements to make he'll I do think a team would be interested in him if the price point is right well, yeah, that's all what it comes down to. And then and then also, you know, you'd have to ensure that he's still going to keep I don't want to say passion, but you don't want to see any lack of effort. Like remember like like this past season, like Warren Sapp um criticizing him for like his perceived lack of effort against the Baltimore Ravens. I think that was in like week eight time frame. Yeah. So um, I yeah. think that I'm sorry to cut you off, but No, you're good. When players can there are certain players that I think, and this is a character thing. Yeah. Um, when they feel like the the team around them is not going to be successful, which the Bucks weren't last year. Really, they had a losing record. They didn't make the playoffs, but they had a losing record. Right, right. They can get complacent. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then you know you're talking about like that Tom Brady bringing that like his locker room change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. You hope that it would rub off on everybody around him, right? Yeah. But, you know, as you're saying, each player goes after something different in their career, whether it's money, success, mm-hmm. you know, being, right. I don't know, being comfortable, whatever it may be. So yeah. we'll have yeah. to see what happens um, Yeah, in it is. weeks. I mean, there are a couple, you know, team names that came up, and the Giants yeah. being one of them because they need uh, a linebacker. Um, which what would you think? What would you think about um, that? Listen, I, I do think he's a great player. I wouldn't be mad about him on the field, but mm-hmm. it's we we're paying a lot of people right now. Um, yes, and you know, obviously, we sunk money into Daniel Jones, and we're trying to make it work with Saquon. And I feel like Devin is going to want a lot, and the Bucks are also going to be asking for a lot because they picked yeah. him very high. So yeah. how, I don't. Is it worth giving up that much for him? Right, and the Bucks are in that yeah. rebuilding time period. So when they could use a lot of those lot. picks, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't, I won't be mad, but I don't know. To me, I'm not like I need him. Right. Yeah. Right. So. so, so talking about something that was well needed. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Daniel Snyder finally, finally, finally 
selling the commanders. Oh, get this guy out of here. I know. I feel like it's been a very, very long time coming. I mean, granted, we're going to have to see what the deal actually looks like, but yeah. it's great to finally see some movement. Right. So the deal went through, I don't know. Oh, let's see. It's a group called the Josh Harris group. Yeah, and they Josh did Harris. reach an agreement, I believe, for six billion around that number. I think it is. Yeah. And then you also have to look at the fact that, that yeah, it was six billion and Josh, uh, the Josh Harris group, they own the 76ers and the Jersey Devils. So it's a proven ownership group. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think that's great news for the commanders. They've uh, yeah. they've been sinking. I mean, from the top down, that organization yeah. has been screwed up because of the Snyder family. Um, yeah. I mean, I know people that have worked there, and I've just heard horror mm-hmm. stories about the culture there, and it needs to change. Um, right. And this is the start of that. Yeah, the um, new ownership group will help with that. A hundred percent. So good to see that the Snyders are out of the league. <laughs> Woo, finally. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um there's a lot going on in the major sports, mm-hmm. so let's move on to the NBA. Yeah. Um, as we know, all you guys know, the NBA play-in is, has been going on this week and will we'll conclude on Friday, April 14th. So I'll just recap the past week. Um, two teams had their seasons come to an end on the second day of the NBA's play-in tournament this week. Um, we saw the Chicago Bulls coming back against the Raptors for a 109-105 victory. And the Bulls will now take on the Miami Heat tonight for the eighth seed in the East. Um, And for a chance to play, drum roll please, your Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, (laughs) Good luck. Um, Out West, if we're looking at the Oklahoma City's big three, they, they, they had a combined 90 points. We're looking at Gildress Alexander, Josh Giddy, and Lou Dort. That was 90 points in a 123 to 118 victory over the Pelicans in New Orleans. Notably, a Pelicans team that has been without Zion Williamson since, oh my gosh, seems like since the dawn of time. <laughs> um, which, you know, we do know that he's going through his own injuries and his own personal battles. We hope to see him back on the field excuse me, the court, not the field. Uh, we hope to see him back on the Although court Although would soon. make a sick tight end, but you know. I, you know what? Story. He, he really <laughs> would, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Um, the Thunder will travel north to battle the Minnesota Timberwolves, the West 8th seed. That's also tonight on April 14th. So big night in the NBA. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Carly, but I loved it. Um, Bulls game, you saw DeMar DeRozan's daughter was an unexpected defensive help to the Bulls. Yes. Um, which, you know, the Raptors were 18 of 36 on free throws. So DeMar DeRozan did say that he, uh, quote, owes her some money for sure. Yeah, for so. those who didn't see the <laughs> clip, um, she was making sure that the Raptors were very distracted while making yes. free throws. So she was just like screaming at random moments. <laughs> When you let the intrusive thoughts win and just scream. I've been there. Truly, truly. <laughs> let out the demons. <laughs> but you know what? It was a help. And it's interesting because you're. I was watching the game on television and you hear it and you're like, how is that so loud? You have no idea where it's coming from. And I believe DeMar DeRozan didn't know what the sound was until he looked over and he's like, oh my gosh, that's my daughter. <laughs> so funny. That's great. Yeah. Um, so we're excited to see the end of the, of the play-in tournament tonight, um, but playoffs start on Saturday. Um, 
So I wanted to give like a brief preview on what I'm looking out for um, for the NBA. And Carly, I would like to, you know, talk about this with you if there's anything that you would like to know um, or talk about with this. Yeah. What are you excited to see? Obviously, we're getting to the time where it's the best of the best. Yes. So what are you looking out for? What matchups are you excited about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking out for a few things. Um, So let's start here in the city of Philadelphia. Um, We have the Sixers taking on the Nets here in the city on Saturday, which, you know, I personally wish Ben Simmons was playing because the city of Philadelphia has a very strong (laughs) feelings about him. Um, And nothing brings us together more than him. Um, But if I'm looking at the 76ers, I'm looking to see the Harden and Bede combo both of the stars, they need to show up consistently throughout this. And I need to see James Harden scoring 20 a game. And he cannot fade into the background, um, especially if we're expecting Joel Embiid to be as big of a scoring, ta- as big of a scoring talent as he has been. Um, also, I know this is only the first round, but I'm thinking of the 76ers. They really need to have a deep push in the playoffs this year. Mm. I would say the last few seasons have been a disappointment for not just the organization but for the fans in this city yeah they really need something good this year um and then you know i'm really excited in terms of star power i'm really excited to see the suns clippers matchup Mm -hmm. although i am disappointed that it looks like paul george is not starting in this season or excuse me this series right now um but i am so excited to see kevin durant and Kawhi leonard go at it i think you're going to see a resurgence of that playoff Kawhi, and I want to see how explosive Durant can be after coming back from his freak ankle injury this season. Um, I thought his his ankle was going to snap in half. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's terrifying. Um, And also, you know, Russell Westbrook, a nice little quick change from the Lakers to the Clippers. Um, I want to see him really be key in this matchup and, you know, keep – showing how much his game has elevated. You know, his game has elevated since coming on to the Clippers under yes. Ty Lu, and I'm excited to see what happens. I feel there. like this is, like, the one to watch because there has been so mm-hmm. much movement for these two teams yeah. to get them to this point. Yeah, and both teams have been really fighting for the last few years to get to push past, you know, where they've been and get right. that NBA championship. So exactly. it's going to be a nice battle. So keep an eye out for that game. Um and then just quickly looking at the Lakers and the Grizzlies, there's been a lot of talk about the Grizzlies this season. You know, the whole John ja Morant drama. You have Dylan Brooks, who, you know, seemingly forgets that he can learn to close his mouth. Um, <laughs> it's a skill, Dylan. Please learn it. Um, so, <laughs> and you heard Dylan Brooks talking about how he wants to take on LeBron. Um, personally, I mean, he does have a case there. He has held LeBron James to 8 of 21 shooting for 23 points in this season, in their matchups. Um, I want to see if, if Dylan Brooks can continue to play physical with him because Le- not 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 talk about ages in the NBA, but LeBron James is an older player. So I want to see if he can continue to take that physical battle from Dylan Brooks as he drives into the paint. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, um, I'm looking at our defending champion Warriors uh, in the playoffs against the Kings. So if you're looking at like the West as a whole, this was probably the best matchup for the Warriors because the Kings are not great defensively. The Warriors aren't great defensively either. Like, let's just put that out there. <laughs> but when you have, like, that scoring talent of a Steph Curry, a Clay Thompson, you know, uh, Wiggins will be coming back. Now, granted, we don't know what capacity he's going to be playing in since he hasn't been 
uh, with the team since uh, Herzumi hasn't played since February 13th. So I'm looking to see if the Warriors' scoring power can really just beat down the Kings' defense. Um, But, you know, Mike Brown is very familiar with the Warriors. Um, I'm trying to see how this dynamic will play out um, in this in this matchup. But I'm excited. You know, I love Steph Curry. I think he's a he's an incredible shooting talent and he's changed the game of basketball. Absolutely. Um, And I'm excited to see him, you know, go off playoff Curry. Yeah. Do you what's your preferred playoff form? Like, do you prefer seeing like a high scoring, like offensive finesse game or do you like to see it get physical? So I think, I think you have to have a good combo of both um, because in the NBA, the scoring is what's exciting. Like, I love seeing Steph mm-hmm. Curry just dropping three after three. Right, after like three. when you just yeah. went that just right through swashed, you're like, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. It, yeah. Very, very much splash Curry. Um, but I, like, I love defense, and you know this. Like, you love defense too. So I yeah. love to see it when you have the bigs that can actually bang around in the paint when the refs are letting – those guys play right that's the thing about playoffs is refs let Mm. things play out more than they would right and what's interesting you know if you're looking at the warriors they do have that veteran experience and they know playoff basketball meanwhile the kings are just like yeah we finally made it happy to be here yeah they're just so they're gonna they're gonna be in for i don't want to say a rude awakening but you know how veteran teams come into the playoffs Mm -hmm. they're gonna come in strong they know what it takes to win Absolutely. Well, it's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. The NBA playoffs always are. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to look for. So, and I'm sure yeah. there's going to be a lot of drama. Um, <laughs> this league, you know, <laughs> there's always something going on. There really is. It truly is. Um, also, yeah. my NHL playoffs are here. So for I my know. three hockey fans out there, um, <laughs> uh, the NHL playoffs are coming up next week. Um, mm-hmm. What are you the, looking out for? So the regular fa- season finishes up tonight. So the East yeah. is set. The mm-hmm. West will be set tonight. Um, okay. My Rangers are obviously a big match. Of course. We were either going to play the Canes or the Devils. We ended mm-hmm. up uh, getting matched up with the Devils. The Canes won the division, and they will be playing the Islanders. I actually would have preferred to play the Canes, even though they're the better team. We match up better against them this season than we do against the Devils. The Devils seem to have our number this season. Mm -hmm. They either beat us or we have to go to overtime with them. We beat them in overtime, um, but it's just – it's a battle. um, Mm -hmm. And I don't – honestly, you don't love this for me. (laughs) (laughs) The honesty. For real, though. Um, so the Rangers didn't finish out their season that strong. I was at the game, the second-to-last regular season game on Monday. We lost in overtime to the Buffalo Sabres, who were fighting for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we lost last night to the Maple Leafs um, mm-hmm. in regulation time. So not, like, a great way to go be going into playoffs. And we have to go face the Devils at home. Luckily, it's not big travel time. Just going to Jersey. Um, I was, I was going to say, you don't have to worry about, you know, travel and, you know, right. time change. Luckily, <laughs> that's not an issue. Um, you could probably but, take a train. Right, literally. It's the <laughs> quickest commute. Um, so that, obviously, like, they're going to have the home ice advantage. But I do feel like a lot of Rangers fans will come through for that because it is right. so close. Um my fear here, um, yeah. 
with the Rangers and why I'm a little bit nervous about playing this Devils mm-hmm. team. The Devils have a lot of young, explosive talent, including okay. Jack Hughes. And now his brother, his younger brother, Luke Hughes, just got called up. So I'm a little bit nervous about this Hughes brothers duo um, and what they could do to a Rangers defense, defensive unit who can be very inconsistent. Okay. Um, we have an incredible goalie in Igor Shosturkin, and he saves our ass a lot, and he's absolutely incredible, but he can only do so much. He needs defensive help, and the problem right. is the Rangers are very inconsistent on defense and have a lot of problems clearing the puck out of the zone after a certain amount of time. You know, something slips through, and mm-hmm. and in those situations, that's, that's when it's very frustrating, and like I was saying with this explosive Devils team – they can take advantage of that. Um, I also would really like to see these signings that we got late in the mm-hmm. season with um, Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, these older guys who have been been here, won Stanley Cups. Right. Like, I want them to step up, be leaders, play the way that they're supposed to be playing. To me, like, Tarasenko hasn't looked that good. Patrick Kane looks lazy. Like, this is the time. Turn on the Jets, guys. So you- I really hope to see that from them. Do you think that, you know, like we were talking about with, like, the Golden State Warriors, do you think that those veteran players on that Rangers team will, you know, they come to the playoffs, it's almost like it's like a switch is turned on? Do you think that they'll, I, that they'll have I that? I hope so. I mean, the thing is, Tarasenko won the Cup a few years ago with the Blues. Uh-huh. Patrick Kane has been on three Stanley Cup winning teams with the Blackhawks. Right. Um, but they're a little bit older now. Um, uh-uh. And... I just hope that fire is still there. Like, right. I, I hope we didn't, you know, we paid Patrick Kane a lot. I hope we didn't, you know, kind of pay him for nothing when he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll see what happens in New York. Um, right. So I think it only remains to be seen. You know, I don't really, I don't know these guys. You know, these are not my guys. Right. Um, and I, I hope they become my guys. So. No, absolutely. <laughs> Do you think that, like, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, Rangers and Devils is like a rivalry, but like just thinking of like geographically, do you think it's like something like that could spark them? So it definitely would call it, I would call it a a rivalry, I guess. I don't hate the Devils as much as I hate some other teams in division, but it is in division and there is, Mm -hmm. you know, that, like you said, geographical thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that playoff hockey is a different animal. And I think no matter who you're playing, if you're a competitor, the the switch should be flipped right um right and playoff hockey is also played at a very intense level Mm -hmm. uh I would say a higher intensity than the regular season right and emotions are higher those type of things which is Mm -hmm. why we love it we love Um, so I would say like unless your competitiveness has really faded like with age if for these guys that I have mentioned Tarasenko and Kane yeah they, I think they really should turn on the Jets for no matter who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me you're playing an AHL team in the playoffs. Turn on the Jets. I don't care. Beat the shit out of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see some passion. You want to see that. You want exactly. See the yeah, exactly. exactly. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I'm not. I, I'm. I would love to see them make a run. And to be honest, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year with, you know, two less pieces than we have now. Um, so if we don't make it that far this year, it will be a disappointment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Can you remind our, our listeners when that game is so they can tune in to see if that passion is going to show up yes. on the ice? So the Rangers-Devils is a Tuesday game, Tuesday the 18th. There is no time set yet on it. Okay. So right. And then the Isles-Canes game is that Monday. All right, so we'll keep an eye on. We'll keep also, an eye on those. No time set. If the TBD is killing me, I was like, I gotta put it in my calendar. How am I supposed to block out my calendar? Give me a time. <laughs> Need to block it out so I can focus on playoff hockey. It's, it's right. It's a busy time of year. <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, last thing that we should wrap up with: um, the MLB season is now in full swing, mm-hmm. and the pitch clock is part of the game now. Yes. And mm-hmm. it is definitely speeding up game times to like two and a half hours. Um, right. Which is crazy. It's shaved off like 30 minutes at least. Um, but they added a new rule recently that does not have to do what's going on on the field, but it does have to do with what's going on with the fans. And that is right. a new rule that extends drinking through the eighth inning. So mm-hmm. previously, you could not drink past the seventh inning or right. buy a drink past the seventh inning. So that the point was, and, and they do this in all other sports too, you could sober up. So if you were driving, yes. you would drive more, you'd be more safe. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fan right. safety. Sure. So what is happening now is the game is speeding up. So common sense would say, oh, let's, we would have to move it up to maybe like the sixth inning because the exactly, game is going yes. quicker. We need to allot time for people to sober up. Yes. Or even keep it the same. Right. No, <laughs> nope. they're going to extend it through the eighth inning. Which makes no sense. Frankly, I think it's because owners just want more money because they're like, well, the game's going quicker, so people drink aren't buying as many drinks. So right. let's move it to the eighth inning. It's like you're literally defeating the whole purpose of trying to get people to sober up and be safe. You might as well just have people drink the whole game if you're going to do that. Right. And, you know, and the thing is, is like going back to the money thing, people are still paying, what, 15 to $18 for a beer yeah. at these stadiums or more if you want, like, some sort of other beverage. Right. Like, it's not that – it's not like people aren't spending the cash. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the Phillies pitchers, um, ESPN reported this. He said it on a podcast. Mm-hmm. He said that this doesn't make any sense. The reason we stopped selling alcohol in the 7th before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe. He's so right. now yeah. we have a faster-paced game. This doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And he's saying that you're putting our fans, our family, and, and myself driving home at risk because people have just drank beers 22 minutes ago. Right. And it it's crazy to hear an athlete actually saying that because they recognize it because they're all, their families are leaving the stadiums too. Yes. Yes. I don't think it makes any sense. I don't really understand where this came from because it completely defeats the purpose of the whole rule in the first place. And like I said, if you, I mean, you might as well just drink the whole game because this isn't changing anything. Right. I'm not – so this is coming into effect now. So would – I'm not, I'm not like in full transparency. I'm not like 100% sure if they would try it for one season and then get yeah. rid of it. Um, maybe that's this approach maybe. or I, again, I don't know. Well, if something bad happens, which yeah. I hate to say, but if something bad were to happen, then it would, right. then they would alter it. But they if, would, yeah. if something bad doesn't happen, mm-hmm. ownership will probably vote to keep it. Right. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. We have to see what happens. You know, if, if they're getting money, then they, yeah. may, uh, they may keep it. I just think it's a crazy thing. I no, mean, it is. Yeah. You know, you know, 
people that are listening here, what do you guys think about this new rule? Do you think that it could danger fans? Do you yeah. think that it could be good for, you know, stadiums or, you know, vendors that are in these stadiums? You guys let us know at home. Yeah. Um, I do want to bring up one thing, Carly. You got sure. me thinking. Um, did you hear about what happened at Dollar Dog Night with the Phillies this past No, week? I didn't. All right. So those of you who do not know out there, the Phillies do this thing called Dollar Dog Night. Um, it's very simple. A, a hot dog is a dollar. Mm-hmm. Very easy for those of you to understand. Um, unfortunately, at the stadium, I think they, I believe they combined it with Greek Night as well, like Greek Life. So not oh, only boy. There, yeah, not only were there a lot of people there, um, people are there for the, the dollar hot dogs. Um, unfortunately... Fans were waiting two to four innings for hot dogs, um, which resulted um, in a true in the true Philly passion. They were throwing the hot dogs on the field um, because the team was not doing well. Um, So Philly fans out there that did that, please don't ruin dollar dog night for the rest of us. Um, (laughs) I know I know a dollar a hot dog is a really good deal, but you can. It's not that serious. Let's not waste food here, people. No, no. Let's there not. are people starving. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so there is a, we covered a lot today. Um, I'm super psyched about the NBA and NHL playoffs. Um, yes. We'll break it down as that keeps going. But um, I'm excited to see what happens. I love this time of year for sports. Yeah. And we're going to keep recapping all the stuff that's going on as Definitely. these playoff series go. So. We will talk to you guys next week. You guys know where to find us. Next one pod at gmail.com. Next one podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Woo!